Welcome to this special edition of Rob Gold, the Golden Nugget. Uh, again, I am your host, as always, uh, Rob Gold. And today, I say we are starting this episode in the same way as we usually do with each normal episode. And um, but this one, I say, it is a midweek episode, which normally I do on a special for special episodes. Um, but this week we are literally um, basically going through predictions for this weekend's fixture list, as it was something I didn't do on the last podcast. Um, also talking about uh, Monday Night Raw review, going through a few bits and pieces with NXT um, this week and some news regarding NXT for next week, and also some in the news items as well so to kick things off we are going to go through the list of predictions why i've made my predictions in that way and everything in between so first match prediction luton versus spurs going for a spurs win and it's at and it's at luton now the reason why i'm going for a spurs win is because i think spurs have better players than what luton do luton might have a bit more of the edge fan-wise, being at home. But it's just, I just think Spurs will be too strong, even away from home. Um, Burnley versus Chelsea at Turf Moor. Um, I've went for an away win here for Chelsea because, again, I think Chelsea, you know, coming away from the London Derby against Fulham there at the weekend, um, which is which was a Precious win for them, um, especially now to kick maybe to kick off their season a wee bit, and that, and I think they'll continue that against Burnley as well. Burnley, as I say, have been playing well, but just haven't been getting the results uh, this season so far. So can they start getting the results at home this this week? Um, well, my, my prediction says that they won't, but this is football; anything can happen. Um, next on the list, Everton versus Bournemouth. At Goodison Park, um, I put down a draw for this because Everton at home this season haven't got the results. They lost to Luton, as I say, last weekend, which was a surprise to myself and probably to quite a few people as well. Um, Bournemouth, as I say, they're not they're not a bad team, um, so they're not they can they can play nice football. Um, their results this season have been a bit of hit and miss. Um, but away from home against Everton, you know, they've nothing to lose. They may as well go for it. Everton at home, as I say, they need to pick up, start picking up points if they want to, you know, not fight for survival for this season. Um, then we have another match. Uh, so we've got Fulham against Sheffield United. So I've went for Fulham in this match again, more so because of like the crowd getting behind them which I thought it might have happened for them against Chelsea, but unfortunately in that match, it didn't um, for, for them. Um, Sheffield United away from home, obviously, with getting beat uh, seven by Newcastle. Uh, let me see, when was that? It was a couple, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And that, I think they're still kind of like, you know, hanging on that a wee bit, if I'm honest. Um, and we're just looking at their last, their last, Fixture as well there, how did they, yeah, they got beat by West Ham as well. So yes, and then they didn't score in that match either. So they're finding it tricky to score, struggle, they're struggling for goals, Sheffield United. Um, as I say, it's at Fulham, so I would I would honestly expect a Fulham win in that game. So we have got Manchester United versus Brentford at Old Trafford. Um, so I've went for an away win for this match because I feel Brentford, they haven't hit the sort of high hopes this season so far compared to what the way they did last season and that um i say 
with this season, um, the way Manchester United have been playing at home and things like that, not being not getting some of the results, and that um, obviously over the past couple of weeks, and then obviously they've had a couple of results at the start of the season where they maybe shouldn't have got at home, and that with obviously the Wolves game being in question, um, and also the Forest game as well, but not many people are bringing up about the Forest game, but that one, as I say, was very particular as well. Um, so they could have they could have had three points less already. Um, actually, four points less. Actually, no, hold on. Let me work this out because the game against Wolves, it finished. What did it finish? It was two one the United in the end, but Wolves should have had a penalty and that could have made it two two. So it was two. So that would have been. So they won to three points of that. And then they got then the beat Forest three two, but their penalty was dubious, and the, their their equaliser was also should have been also given for an offside. Um, so to me, that would have been no points from that one, and then would have been a point from the Wolves game at least. So you're talking. So yeah, so they've kind of gained like what five points. So there would have been five points less off had. Again, officials done their job, and that is going to be. I feel that is going to be a talking point, not just for the next few weeks, but for the season ahead. And it's going to affect teams come towards the end of the season. Mark my words, it will. Um, but what are they going to do um, going forward? Um, and again, that's what we're going to be talking about very, very soon as well um, in a few moments. Um, so, yes, yeah, so Brentford for the win. Um, basically, more so because of Manchester United's form at home, obviously not being great. Um, but again, Brentford, as I said on their day, can do it against anybody. And why not be able to do it against Manchester United at home at Old Trafford? Then we move on to Crystal Palace against Forest. Um, both these teams, as I say, obviously during you know last weekend, um, I say obviously Forest finished a draw. And Crystal Palace obviously picked up a three point against Manchester United last week. Um, going in, so going into this match, I put down for a Palace win, but Forest can play very well. They played very well against Manchester United and should have got something out of that game at Old Trafford. Um, but this match against Palace again, it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be one Palace will just edge, but I was teetering on a draw. But because Palace at home can play well. Forest away from home also can play well, but I just thought Palace would have the edge in this match. I'd have put it down for a Palace win. Then we move on to Sunday fixtures. So the first one for Sunday is Brighton versus Liverpool. Um, as I say, both teams, a bit of mixed fortune. Um, obviously, last week, obviously, Aston Villa thumped Brighton 6 1, Liverpool controversially. Uh, got beat 2-1, um, albeit they were down to nine men for the majority of the second half. Um, and again, obviously, we all know the talking points from that game, what surrounded that game afterwards. And the con- not, not, not controversy, but an actual fact of what had happened within the game. And that, again, is something that we're going to look at a bit later on in this episode. Um, also, so for that prediction, I've actually put down for Liverpool win. I do think Liverpool have what it takes to beat Brighton. Now, the thing about it is both teams are in, were in action today in the Europa League. Uh, Brighton a wee bit earlier today, and Liverpool are playing as we speak. And that in the Europa League as well at home, they are actually playing uh, Union. Um, let's see what's the team. What's the team name? Yeah, Union Saint Glenois, and and at the moment in that game it is still nil each. Um, and and then we will update if there's any score in that match while this episode is recording, and I will go through some of the results from it as well from European matches in this as well in this episode. So next we have. West Ham versus Newcastle. So again, both teams in action over this week in Europe, and that Newcastle obviously in action there on on Wednesday against PSG. And that again, we will go into that uh, very shortly. 
um, along with, and then West Ham obviously were in action this evening in Europa League action as well. And they both face each other on Sunday, but I feel Newcastle will have the edge over West Ham. It is at Upton, well, it is at uh, the London Stadium, West Ham ground. Um, I was going to say Upton Park, but that's their old ground. Um, but again, I say West Ham can play well on their day. They've got some good players. Jared Bowen has been in good fine form this season. Um, so will he be in fine form when they take on Newcastle? Obviously, West Ham, as I say, they played last week and beat Sheffield United 2-0. And we know, obviously, Newcastle, uh, they were in action against Burnley and beat Burnley two goals to nil. Um, so that will be an intriguing game to and that, but I think Newcastle will edge it, um, and that for that match. Then we have got the Midlands Derby between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Aston Villa. Again, this is always a tight affair, always a tight affair, but at a feel, obviously Wolves played Man City last week, won, beat them, Aston Villa obviously with a thumping win against Brighton. So both teams are going to be are in form, are in good form for this match. Both teams know that they can score goals, but it's going to be their defences are going to be the key here, I think, in this match, especially Wills with Aston Villa putting six past a good Brighton team, you know. Um, but as, as I say, I think Villa will edge us slightly and that it could go either way, but I do feel Aston Villa will pick up the win in this match. Then we have the big match for Super Sunday over the week. We have Arsenal versus reigning and defending Premier League champions Manchester City at the Emirates. Um, again, both teams coming into this match in the league form pretty well. Obviously, Manchester City being beat last season or last week um, by Wolves. Um, Arsenal, as I say, they how did Arsenal do last season? So they beat. Bournemouth away from home for an L. So, but the key here is Saka for Arsenal. Picked up an injury during midweek in that in the Champions League match that they had, um, which they lost in. But we will go into that in a bit of detail in that very soon, um, as well. And as I say, now I have put down. I was teetering on an Arsenal win, and that um. Also have been teetering on a on a Man City win, but because none of these teams will want to lose, I will basically put putting it down that this match could finish a draw. Will that be a bad result for both teams? Not necessarily, and um, because you're still you know you're still early in the season, you know you're coming into like you know nearly ten games played for both teams in the Premier League. And that sort of thing. So you're, you know, you know, you're topping. It's a good result either way. But um, the only thing is for both teams is the teams that are behind them in the table. Um, so if the teams behind them in the table pick up points, and not the likes of Spurs and Liverpool who are on action also over the weekend. Obviously, Spurs play and Luton against Luton. So Spurs, Spurs, Spurs win. I think they go above Man City and Arsenal. Um, until at least that match. Let me see. I just want to make sure that is right. Sounds right, because obviously, let me see. Yeah, so Spurs win, um, against Luton on Saturday before Spurs, Arsenal and City play. Then yeah, Spurs will go top. Um, as I say, Liverpool are sitting on sixteen points again. Their game against Brighton is an, is an earlier kickoff on Sunday. So, again, Liverpool and Spurs could both leapfrog Arsenal and Man City, but they could only leapfrog Man City. Liverpool can only leapfrog Man City, obviously, if Liverpool, if Liverpool win. They go on to 19 points. If Spurs win, they go on to 20 points. Um, but Arsenal would. So if, it, so, if it finishes a draw between Arsenal and Man City. Then City would go on to 19 points, the same as what Liverpool would be if Liverpool beat Brighton. 
um, and Arsenal, obviously, they're on 17 points at the minute. But if but if they do, if they draw against City, obviously they'll go on to 18. Liverpool will be on 19. If Liverpool will be Brighton, and yeah, so you would have new league leaders over the weekend and a new team in second place as well. So yeah, so it'll be an interesting weekend um, coming up. Um, it's only coming up to the eighth game overall as well in the Premier League. Um, I thought it was closer to the 10th, but it's the 8th. Um, and then, obviously, next weekend is back to International Week. And that, um, yeah, um, so we will, as I say, so that, so that week, as I say, we probably won't have a football episode as such. Obviously, I'll go over the, obviously, the what predictions that I had for this week and that they will be listed in the start of each episode that I do as well and that and I will fill you in on which ones I got right and which ones I got wrong. Um so that concludes the predictions for for weekend of the seventh and eighth of October. Now we move on to some wrestling news and things. So obviously Monday Night Raw we had Mammy, Rhea Ripley, the Raw Women's Champion. So obviously Dominic Mysterio lost his North American Championship, uh, No Mercy, and up to Trick Williams. But Mammy basically came out and said to Dominic that if Dominic didn't win that match, he as in the rematch, which he would have this this week on NXT that he wasn't to come home, basically. Um, and everything else that went through that. Then we'll have Imperium against the Alpha Academy and Vinci and Kaiser, uh, which Imperium won. And then we have Bronson Reed against Cedric Alexander. Uh, Bronson Reed won that match. Uh, Xavier Woods against Ivar, and uh, which Xavier Woods beat Ivar in, but then Kofi had came into the ring after the match because Ivar had, had attacked Xavier Woods after the bell had went, and Ivar just, as I say, took out Kofi as well and slammed him on top of Xavier Woods. Then we have Tegan Knox who defeated Chelsea Green. In singles match, and um, then we also had Drew McIntyre defeated the Miz, and then we had the Intercontinental Championship on the line between Gunther and Tommaso Ciampa. Gunther retained the championship, and after the match had finished, Ludwig Kaiser and Video Vinci they came out and attacked Tommaso Ciampa. And Gunther had left the ringside area type of thing, and lo and behold, Tommaso Ciampa's sort of come frenemy as such, um, Johnny Gargano, came out and made the save. You know, is this sparking rumours that DIY are back as a tag team? Or was this just a one-off save? You know, will we get answers next week on Raw? Who knows? Um, so, as I say, talking about Dominic Mysterio and NXT North American Championship, so obviously the rematch was set for NXT during the week. So we also had Lyra Valkyria, um, so we know that she will face Becky Lynch very soon for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, and as I say, on that same night we also had a new NXT North American champion and Dominic Mysterio. And also in some other news as well, wrestling related. So we have the legend of the women's division in the WWE, Trish Stratus, was announced for a Comic-Con in Northern Ireland which will be held next year, which will probably, which is 
which will be around, I think it's September, if I'm correct. And that, uh, and that's for next year. So also in news, now this is football related and that, and I will get into some other issues as well, but this is one of the top ones of the week. Um, so obviously, if you haven't heard, I don't know where you've been, but if you haven't heard, as I say, obviously Tottenham Hotspur took on Liverpool over the weekend. Spurs won the game two one, but that's where that's where that's where the normalness ends as such there, because so there has been a lot of talk about officials. and everything this week especially regarding that match so there's been talk there that as i say the referees weren't well the officials weren't up for the match because of obviously they were away in the united arab emirates which was obviously signed off by the pgmol for them to actually be able to do that because otherwise because they're because they should they wouldn't have been able they shouldn't be allowed to don't think i don't think don't know if they're allowed to referee in another league if they're registered as being referees for the Premier League even though even if they're FIFA referees or not I don't know I don't know what the ends and outs of that is but they were away there and that and obviously United Arab Emirates that's where like Man City owners and stuff are, are not are from and things like that there have been questions about that the integrity of it of it all um but the decisions in the game which i did discuss about in the last podcast so basically uh jurgen Klopp, liverpool manager has come out and he says that he thinks that the match should be replayed but probably won't but i just want to know what your thoughts are on that topic now my in my opinion i did discuss this and the more i thought about it especially with Klopp saying it and, and especially the way Klopp said it the the bet the only outcome i can see from this if it was to happen it won't be replaced the only reason why i think it that replace won't be given and it's because of basically what the, like so the pgmol said and the premier league said that if you were trying to if you were doing this every time there was something that went wrong in a match that was so wrong that would change the game that everyone would be wanting to replay. So the way I look at it would be, well, if it's so wrong and it's a game changing incident, like, like Luis Diaz's was for the goal where the goal should have stood. Um, also they have admitted too that Diego Jota should not have been sent off. Um, because obviously he the first yellow card he got shouldn't have been a yellow card because it was the only Tottenham Hotspur player that tripped himself up. Then also obviously he picked up a yellow card for the slight trip on the on another player straight like a couple like literally about a minute or two afterwards and that got him the red card. But because it wasn't an automatic red card, it couldn't be looked at by VAR. Had it have been given as a straight red card, it still probably would have been wiped away as an automatic red card. And given and, and stricken off, but given him a yellow card. But if he had to give him a yellow card, he still would have had to give him a red card anyway. But if you're given a straight red, it's usually a three game ban. That's why they have to sort of, you know, leave that out. But speaking of red cards, so I was going to bring this up a wee bit later on in the show, but because we're talking about Liverpool incidents with Spurs, so obviously Curtis Jones had got sent off. So on the pitch, the referee had given the yellow card. Then the VAR um, guys basically turn around and said, you want to look at, you may want to look at this or whatever. Now, the referee didn't ask for it. The referee didn't ask for it to go up the VAR. But, v, but that's what VAR is for, is for referees to take a look. But it's not the fact they've taken a look. They took basically a screen grab of or a frozen image of the actual tackle, not the tackle on the ball that Curtis Jones won the ball, but what happened after that, where he went, where he, his foot still skidded the ball, touched the ball, 
but went over the ball and onto the player's ankle, which made it look worse. And that's what they do. That's what VAR does. It makes decisions look worse than what they actually are. And as Jurgen Klopp said, football is not a slowed down sport. You don't, do you know what I mean? And But they're judged by slow motion replays. And I don't, if I'm honest, as what Jurgen Klopp said, I 100% agree with him. Not just because I'm a Liverpool supporter, I'm a football supporter as well. If I was watching every game and seeing the incidents that I've seen over the past couple of weeks, especially with tackles like that, there's one there I seen it was last weekend or the weekend before where it was a trailing leg. Somebody got sent off for a tackle. I thought it was a perfect tackle. There was nothing wrong with it. There was no complaint from the player who actually got tackled on. He was just down because he he felt the impact. That's all. He wasn't looking for to get the player sent off or nothing like that. He was just sore from the impact. And sometimes that happens because it's a contact sport. If you win the ball and you're going through and something, you've won the ball. To me, you've won the ball. It's an old school type of tackle, but that's what they're taking away from the game. You know, if players are rolling about and pretending to be sore, that's what VAR is for. Look at it, see how, see if the impacts aren't bad. If it's not, then book the player for simulation. It's as simple as that. If there's been a tug back on someone's shirt or a pull on someone's arm, again, it's a foul. You know, people were saying like, you know, oh, why didn't, you know, why was Mo Salah, you know, um, because he, he got booked for like kicking the ball away and arguing with an official. But he, but they wondered why. But whenever I seen the replay back, it did look as if it wasn't just a tussle. It was the fact that, from what I'd seen, I thought that Mo Salah pulled the player's arm back. And that from the replay I seen, and I was wondering why people complained about this one. You know, the offside, the one that the goal that we should have stood, and then the two the the two send off were never sending off. Do you know what I mean? And then what what the referee didn't spot during the game was Spurs players at every chance they got flashing the wee pretend yellow cards, or the wee pretend card sign, and. As players, you're supposed to be, as as officials, as referees, you're supposed to be booking players who do that. Not one Spurs player was booked, was booked for that, which I thought was a bit dubious as well. But as I say, that's something that we'll get into a wee bit later on as well. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be the last time we're going to be talking about officials in games this season. Um, so again, what are your thoughts on, as I say, Jurgen Klopp's comments on regard um, should the game be replayed? In my mind, even though he says that it should be replayed, but probably won't, he is probably right in the fact that it won't be replayed. Um, should it be replayed? Maybe. Or should the goal have just been awarded? Because it was the biggest game-changing moment in that match, except other than the red card that were given. Um, because to me, so as I say, they have um, also given Curtis Jones a further two-game ban because Liverpool had appealed the red card. And it's a strange one: the fact that they've appealed the, the not not the fact that they've appealed the red card, but the fact that they give it a further two-game ban and say no, it wasn't wrong for the referee to give him a red card. So they're saying that that original decision of sending him off was right. But yet, if you look at all the other decisions that happened in, over the past couple of years, for the same tackle, actually for a, for worse tackles, actually, I might add, involving Liverpool players, as in whenever they've been judged to have been filed on, so Harry Kane tackle on a Liverpool player from a couple of seasons back, went over the ball, didn't touch the ball one bit, only gets a yellow card, decision stands as a yellow card. VAR looked at it, said no, they didn't see anything else wrong other than a yellow card. That tackle alone was worse than Curtis Jones because Curtis Jones, he at least got part of the ball. Harry Kane got none of it. Then people are going to bring up about the Jada one that he got away with on Skip. 
Was it dangerous? Maybe. And I only say maybe because Skip had put his head down. Had he have not put his head down, he probably would have got a caught in the chest. Still dangerous enough as it was. Should he have maybe got a should he have maybe got a red card for it? Possibly. Because again, but it's one of those ones, his eyes were on the ball, player comes comes in. Do you know what I mean? And if the other player comes in, doesn't have his eyes on the ball, because Jota has as good as eyes on the ball every time, all at, at all times. And then, you know, he knows the player's coming, but he knows that he's going to get to the ball. But because, and then if it, I say, caught Skip in the face, um, now there was no, like, real injury. You know, he didn't have to go off for stitches or nothing like that. So it wasn't that bad in that sense of it. But it was still a fact that it was a dangerous enough uh, collision. And then we've but we've all, but we've had all those types of decisions before where, you know, some of them are they're they're very they are very fifty fifty when it comes to some referees and, and that and that's where I think the consistency and decisions lies. You know, not all referees are going to give the same. Nice. Um, they're not always going to give the same decisions, and that. Um, so just while we're on um talking about football still um liverpool have took the lead against the union san Luis, and it was ryan ryan gravenberg with and it's only his second or third game because i know he played in the last europa league match and that um, and that's his first goal for the club and that um some may say oh it's only in europa league and it's like yeah but you have to take these chances and he's taken his chance fairly well. Um, as I say, the highlights of that will be available on, on YouTube if you search your Rupa League. Um, and that, and I'm sure it'll be on TNT Sports as well too, as we speak, um, as well. So, as I say, so going forward, it's really tough. Don't get me wrong; it's really hard being a referee and an official in football these days. I know I can get I can get that. But what I don't get is how hard is it? For a VAR official to say to a referee, you know, can you hold on a second here? We just want to get, we just want to check to make sure everything is okay here. So they're able to communicate with the referee. So if they've got mics, they can connect with the referee. They can say to the referee, hold on, we're just checking a possible offside here or anything like this. And that, and then to communicate with the referee saying, you know, was the on field decision offside or was the on-field decision a goal just to verify it so if they verified it that it was it was verified as being offside from there off on the field and that and then if they look at the offside if they look at the video of it being onside then they'll be able to say possible offside and then they will have it just changed to onside that would have saved everything there would have been no talk about having to replay a game. There would have been no talk about having to talk about a referee the way and officials the way they've been talked about this week. Because a lot of referees and officials are coming under scrutiny right this week, especially in the Premier League as well. I'll tell you this week, so and they're going to be very, very like heavily looked at in the next couple of weeks. Every this every game will be looked at very closely. I say this week. Because of how, not just by fans, but by the PGMOL, because they have, but they have to watch every game closely as well. So they would have more angles and more cameras to look at matches, to watch matches back on, and that. So you know, you know, from so each sort of, so you have a hub, that VAR hub at Stockley Park that would have all matches that are on that day done. So you would have each, and each of them would have their own officials. At the same, you know, at the same thing, and that so, and I would, I would have all the camera angles available. But it's making sure they get the right decisions with that. You have to have all this technology, and yet they can't make the right decisions at the right times. You know, even like Forest and who was it from last week? There, it was Forest and Brentford. So Brentford player, as I said last week, well on, on the episode, there. Player won the ball, but he made a tackle on the goalkeeper. 
but the tackle won the ball. But then the keeper had sort of kind of kind of fouled him by kicking his foot, but he kicked his foot after the ball had been hit. So people were saying like, oh, should that not have been a penalty? I can see why it wasn't, but I could see why they were looking for it. You know, was a stop and a goal scoring opportunity? No, because the Brentford player had actually played the ball and made a tackle of his own. Now, had the Brentford player had actually just won the ball off the keeper and the keeper made the tackle and the player going go down, yeah, that would be a penalty on a red card. Double jeopardy. Um, sort of thing. So that would have been different had it done it that way, but because it, he'd made the tackle on the keeper but won the ball and the ball was going towards the net but only it was cleared, and that's probably why it wasn't given as a penalty. I would imagine VAR would have looked at that, whether they did or not. Now, as I say, I'm I'm a bit surprised that Brentford fans aren't calling for audio on their on that side of it, because it would have been. See, I think audio from VAR from decisions should be made available after the weekend's football matches, so fans can know what they're talking about, or even just do it the way rugby do and have it so you can hear what they're talking about do you know what i mean so if they're like going back to you know if they're like relying messages back you know across to each of the other officials and even stockley park you know so obviously when the ball goes out for a throw in or a goal kick the plays reset sort of thing unless if a referee has told them to wait until he hears something in his ear then that way then the match would then continue until the referee says okay everything's been checked and verified and completed play on but i think they should give it a bit longer time there's been times there that they've given it so long that like they've taken like three minutes to get an easy decision right but that decision between for the offside for Luis Diaz shouldn't have even taken 30 seconds to look at because it was so one-sided. I don't, I don't even know how the linesman gave it as offside in the first place. Because it was no he was nowhere near offside. Do you know what I mean? But he was just doing the right thing by putting the flag up anyway. Because if it was if it was one where it was close, then yeah, because Diaz is quick. And you can probably see why the linesman put his flag up. And that, and then obviously he put the flag up. Then, then the goal was checked, and then they said it was complete. So they said it was complete first before they could restart the play. But then, while they had, while they were still in that process, so they were still talking with the referee, saying, "Hold on a second, did you say that that goal? Did you say that was offside or onside?" And he says, "Oh, oh, offside." And then like, "Oh shit." And it's like it's like we have to delay the game. It's like oh we can't we can't delay the game because the ball it's it's already restarted. But surely if it's already restarted and it was only like twenty seconds after that, surely they can once that ball goes out of play anyway, they can just go back and like relook at that incident with the offside and go and then yeah the goal should have been given award the goal, and then the ball gets brought back because you think that ball was only played around the Spurs half for about 20, 30 seconds after that anyway so there was no you know there shouldn't have been any issue just to restart the game you know from the kickoff do you know what i mean so they should have just went and said like okay yes we've got the error wrong here but we've, but we've actually worked it out that thing but because of the way that the rules are but it shouldn't have mattered what the rules were the rules were that you should have awarded the goal in the first place you know and that's the issue that I have Liverpool fans have other supporters of other clubs have because if that's gonna if that happens to them they'll be on the same boat. Do you know what I mean? Like if a big decision like that happens against them, they'll be on the same boat as what Liverpool fans have been all week about about this one. But that's what I'm saying. That's incidents like this that's going to cost teams points, that's going to cost teams trophies, that's going to cost teams possible relegation or fighting for relegation, and it's these decisions that officials need to get right 100% of the time. If they don't, then they should be suspended without pay because they're messing with teams. 
They're messing with footballers. They're messing with people's careers. Like you look back, even like two seasons ago, I'm gonna, I'm go, and I'm gonna go over this, and I'll, pro- and I'll probably use this as the, the one of the two of the biggest prime examples that you will see in a football game. So, in two separate matches from a couple of years ago, Man City had played Wolves at the Etihad. The game was at 0-0. Man City got a penalty for a dubious handball. And when I say dubious, I mean handball as in it hits basically the armpit. So even if the ball hits the armpit, it might have hit part of the arm, but it's still hitting the sleeve portion. Now remember, sleeve portion of the arm, as well as the side of the body that it hits. Right? That was given by John Moss as a penalty. VAR didn't even, they looked at it, they agreed with it. They agreed with the on-field decision of the referee. Man City scored that penalty, won the match 1-0, three points in the bag. Now that was quite early in the season, right? Doesn't matter how early in the season it is, doesn't matter how late in the season it is. If it's a big mistake like that, it's, it's going to have an effect on the league. And it did, big time. So jump forward about 20 plus games later, Everton versus Manchester City. So at the time, from my recollection, Man City were one up. Then, as I say, the ball was in the box. Rodri was in the box. No other player named bar one bar a Man City player. Rodri has his arm out. Now you could see his you could see where his sleeve is. The ball bounces up, hits him straight on the arm, but catches part catches part of the sleeve. Right now. The sleeve was coming down, it just was coming down so far on the arm. Now, that was not given as a penalty. VAR looked at it, said that it hit a sleeve portion of the arm. Now, it was part of the sleeve portion of the arm, but it was so much part of the arm, it was so deliberate that commentators said it was a penalty, pundits said it was a penalty, other officials said of the penalty, other managers and other players, there's no one else in the ground agreed with the on-field decision of it not being a penalty, bar the referee and VAR. VAR didn't even say to the referee, oh here, you may want to have a look at this and see what you think. VAR just went, just went straight to VAR, ball went out of play, VAR looked at it, showed the image after it when it wasn't given and when it showed you the image the outcry was unbelievable everyone was like how is that not a penalty like it's it's like it's hand the ball like the arm is so far out it's unbelievable now if that happens again nine nine times out of ten that should be given as a penalty but if but if some but if the turn around and hits a sleeve portion of an arm on someone and in that position and someone argues with an official about it and says to them but it hit my sleeve portion of the arm it's not a penalty and like oh VAR says this well VAR is wrong then because look at Man City's penalty that or the Everton penalty that they should have got against Man City for the exact same thing that, that should have been a penalty why was that not a penalty but yet that is do you know what I mean? It's the consistency and getting the big decisions right at the right times. I said at the time, now there were 10 games still to go. And my feeling from that moment, from the moment that they weren't awarded that penalty. So Liverpool were in second place at the time. But it was between them and Man City going battling, you know, battling forward who was going to obviously win the league. And that. And it was coming basically down to the last game of the season as well, that, that season. So obviously, the results are obviously in the last game of the season. So obviously going into the matches. So Liverpool were 1-0, was either 1-0 down or 1-1 each at half time. And City were 
two nil down at half time, I think it might have been, or one nil. It was either one nil or two nil against Aston Villa. I may mind Stephen Gerrard Aston Villa at the time, and they were so to say I'm not sure they were two nil up, and then like I say, they're Liverpool were either one nil or one each going into half time, but Liverpool had to win their match. And then Man City obviously had to slip up in there and that as well. So it was still one each in Liverpool's match going into about the 75th minute or something like that. And then Man City scored to bring it to 2 1. And then Man City had equalised to make it 2 2. And then I don't, and then I think not long before it was it went to two two, Liverpool had scored to make it two one. And then after Man City scored, after Man City scored their second, they scored a third, to make it three two on in that, and won the league by a point because Liverpool went on to win the match against uh, against Wolves three uh, one. And Man City won their game three two. But I said at the time, even with ten games left. From that game against Everton, that that match, that decision, was going to be a key decision in the lead up, the built the lead up for the title race. And I said, and that was ten game. I was still with ten games to go, so anything could have happened between those ten games. Liverpool, I think it's had dropped a point. I think I'm not sure. It was, I'm not sure who it was against. It might have been against Spurs on that home or something. I think I think it was actually. I think it finished like two each or one each or something like that. And then I think Man City also drew as well because the points were sort of very very close. There was like like I said, there was a point in it, and that. Um, now people are people will say like, oh, but but if Liverpool had beat Spurs, then they would have won the league anyway. I was like, yeah, because that was the only mass that Liverpool had slipped up in going into that. Time period for you know the Man City and Man City, like I say, they I think like I say I think they'd slipped up somewhere. I'm got a point, but they were still always ahead of Liverpool in that sense of it. But had had those two games between Wolves and Aston and uh, and Everton had those two decisions not have went Man City's way because they did. Now don't get me wrong, everyone has decisions going against them, going for them. It shouldn't be a case of a decision going against a team or whatever, or a decision going for a team. The decision should be made fairly and not based on the team getting it. So, for example, team reputation goes a big way. And I think that's what happens with Manchester United sometimes at home, whereas they get the big decisions going against them sometimes at home. So you look, for example, um, last season, prime example, Manchester United took on Liverpool. United won two one. United's um, second goal scored by Marcus Rashford, who was in an offside position. You could clearly see it was offside, but yet whatever way the lines were drawn, they weren't drawn straight. That's for sure. And you could see that he was offside when the ball was played, but yet. VR said he was onside and he went on scored, but he was offside. But for whatever reason, the goal stood. Then obviously Liverpool pulled one back. Now that would have been an extra point to us last season. Would it have made much of a difference? Probably not. But a point's a point. Do you know what I mean? Um, so we decided to hammer them at Anfield 7 0, just to make up for it. Do you know what I mean? Just to rub it up their arches a bit. But yeah. But it's decisions like that, that are costing teams points, that are costing teams trophies, that are costing teams money, that are costing teams places in the league, and even in the division. And that's what needs to be stopped. You need to stop with all these stupid decisions by officials, whether it's VAR, whether it's on the field, Take your time with the decisions. Let it run through your head a second. Is that, is that player overreacting from a foul? Was it a good tackle when you've seen it yourself? 
Do you know what I mean? Like it's okay seeing an image back and that. So the referee could have actually asked, can I see the video of this for, you know, the tackle being made? Not the freeze frame, the video. There's no point in showing just a freeze frame of it because that freeze frame is always going to make it look worse. Football doesn't get played in a freeze frame. So why judge it as a freeze frame? It's just stupid. I mean, if somebody like, if somebody's running with the ball and they're trying to like push, push and pull you off or whatever, and then they will get the elbow and hit them in the elbow in the face. And if a player goes down and gets hit in the elbow, uh, gets hit in the face of the elbow, then yeah, fair enough. Send the player off who made the elbow. But the other player should get something as well because he's making a if he's making a foul, if he's pulling someone's arm or pulling someone's shirt, that's a foul, no matter what the consequences of an elbow. Because he's trying to throw throw someone off when they're pulling and pushing them. Do you know what I mean? So they have to be careful in what way they're given decisions. So if somebody's elbow, then you have to go like, well, why did the elbow him for in the first place? What did he use the elbow for in the first place? Look at that incident first, then move on to the elbow. So did the player pull him? Did the player pull him back? Okay, if he did, then you can give him a yellow card and that for the, for the for pulling him back. And then because the player threw the elbow, you can maybe send him off or even just give him a yellow card and say, you would be normally getting a red card for this, but because you were being fouled and it was a foul, you're only getting a yellow card. That to me, that would be, that would make more sense and a more ref fair reflection on a decision rather than just sending someone off straight away because you've seen the elbow fly up. I'm not even, I'm not a referee, I'm not a trained, a trained referee or nothing like that, but whenever I see an incident like that, it's shown on TV and you see a replay of it, you're like, how can these ref how do these how do these people get paid more for refereeing a match so badly and not getting much consequence for it? Like players are getting sent off for no reason. Players are getting yellow cards for no reason. Then there's players that walk away scot free from decisions. It's just it just really really infuriates me when officials and referees get decisions so wrong most of the time but enough about that for a minute or two and um, because we will be talking about british teams in action this week in european football so kicking things off with obviously with so manchester city they picked up a win pretty much a routine win um, in the end uh, for them, um, Manchester United, they played Galatasaray, but lost the game 3-2. And that, um, with uh, Casemiro being sent off due to an Onana mistake, where he passed the ball and then gave the ball away. Casemiro was sent off for the challenge. Then they got a penalty, Galatasaray got a penalty. Scores were two each at the time. Missed the penalty. But then the same player who missed the penalty scored um, to make it 3-2. Um, Arsenal lost uh, for the first time this season. Um, not just, you know, as in, in, not just in the, obviously, all together, but they lost in the Champions League as well. Um, Celtic, um, they lost. Um, Newcastle were the big winners for me because, obviously, Man City, you know, you expect them to win in the Champions League as Man City. They beat PSG 4-1 at home. I'm not quite sure what's happening with PSG at the minute. I'm really not. Because I thought they would have been one of the big favourites, as they always are, because for the Champions League, obviously with the money that they spent and players that they have and things like that. But it's just interesting to see what's, what's going on there as well. What will Mbappe do? Is Mbappe thinking of leaving them um, next season? Who knows um, what's happening there. But uh, as I said, definitely makes it interesting for sure. Um, so also 
um, just going through some of the other British teams who have been in action um, so far this week in Europe. So obviously so we have Rangers, Glasgow Rangers. Um, they played Aris Limassol away from home, got beat 2-1. Um, Rangers still without a manager at the moment. Um, Marseille against Brighton um, at Marseille and uh, finished 2 each. Um, we have uh, West Ham United away from home against Freiburg and they won 2-1. Um, also a bit of history made from West Ham tonight actually as well. Uh, West Ham, I'll say they, I did see it earlier on there whenever they won against, let's see. Uh, yep, so West Ham set new English European record with today's win. So the English rec so West Ham have set a new English record of 17 consecutive European matches unbeaten today. Um, now people are going to say, oh, it might be because they were playing in Europa League, blah, blah, blah. But it's not, doesn't matter what, you know, competition you're in in Europe, at the end of the day, you know, if you're, if you're winning in that competition, then you're winning. Do you know what I mean? So, yes, because obviously they, went the, they won the Europa Conference last season, which was brilliant for them. And then, you know, so that's pretty much like a third tier Europa, you know, or European trophy kind of thing. And that, and then, you know, to build that, obviously the winners of that go into the Europa League. And that, which they're doing decent enough and decent enough start to your league campaign as well. And that, so if it continues for them, you don't know where it could get them. You know, you don't know where it could get them at all. Um, and I think there was another British team in there. I think Aberdeen, I think, played as well today. Let me see, just double check. I didn't see their score there a second ago. Unless they were playing um, after that, let me see. So Europe Conference, let me see. Da, 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 da. Right, so Aston Villa still in the and Aberdeen is still currently half time. So, oh, there was 10 minutes of half, that's why it's still half time. So Aberdeen are facing HJK Helsinki and at, that, at the Petaldry. And at the moment, it is. Uh, nil H in that game, and it's still half time. And Aston Villa are nil H against Zrensky Muster. And that, um, and there's no more scores from the British teams in Europe tonight. Liverpool are still one up against Union St. Galus. And that, um, the second half was not long kicked off there. And that, well, it's been kicked off for about 10 minutes ago. Um, so, yeah, Liverpool set to be, as long as, as long as the scoreline stays the same, or if they add to it, will be on six points at the end of this match, which is a good start for the Europa League campaign. And, uh, and they are playing a bit of a strong team out tonight. And that's so obviously your club wants to try and win the match as best as you can early, but it's still only 1-0, um, thanks to the Robin, Ryan Gravenberg goal. Um, but yeah, um, so I just wanted to talk a wee bit, because I know this is episode coming, is coming up to about an hour, and I just wanted to talk briefly. And like I say, I think this is going to be a continuation going forward um, this season, talking about officials um, in football. Um, Again, there were some questionable decisions made in some Champions League matches there during the week as well, um, which has sort of seen some, one or two. But you don't get as many in the Champions League that you do in the Premier League. So is it because of the standard of officials in England is poor? Or, as I say, is it just the standard of officials in Europe it just seems to be better in, in certain leagues? or the, because obviously they have to pick what officials um, they're using, you know, as a part of their, their UEFA team and stuff. Um, so let me know what your thoughts on that are as well. And again, we will be having 
at least one episode for next week, um, which I've got, which will be lined up, um, and I will be having a special guest on that as well. So I will, but I will not be revealing who it is until the day of release of the podcast episode, which, as I say, hopefully will be all been well, will be released on Thursday, and that. Um, so again, I have been Rob Gold. This has been the Golden Nugget, and I want you to do one thing for me, and one thing as always, acknowledge me. Good night. Ooh, ooh, ooh.